0: Yeah. hi this is Danielle cower with the e spot and i am so excited for you guys to meet my guest today she is a voiceover artist that once you start talking, you once she starts talking, you might realize you recognize her voice. Welcome with your automated wake-up call. My guest today, it's the one and only Miss Allison Smith. Thank you so much for being my guest. I'm so excited to find out thank more you. About all that you do. Oh,
1: thank you so much, Camille, for having me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, so
0: nice to be here. Ah, so nice to have you. So tell me, how did you get started in voiceover? Um, Well, people hate hearing this, but it was really
1: accidental. So I have a degree in drama from the University of Calgary, where I live. And, um, you know, the plan was to be an actor. And I had, you know, relative success in film and theater and all that. But I just... I just didn't like the lifestyle. I mean, you and I can discuss that because I know you are in acting as yeah. well. And uh, so...
0: lifestyle uh, did you not like? Just so people do you are know? Aware. yeah. Yeah,
1: so especially with theater, there's a lot of, you know, late nights and sleeping in and working weekends. And it just, yeah, it just didn't appeal to the me. It, exactly, yeah. So I, I started doing radio commercials as a way of paying the bills in between acting jobs. And it just kind of took over, which was great because it kind of uses all of the acting chops that we, you know, that we're trained to use. And then I was approached by a company in Alabama called Digium, and they developed this telephone system that was up and coming right now. It's, it's one of the biggest telephony platforms in the world. So they approached me to do telephone prompts, and that was kind of a new area for me. It's called IVR or interactive voice response. So anytime you call into a company and you hear somebody say something like, please enter your PIN number followed by pound. Yeah, that's that's
0: me. like the woman I just gave my PIN number to.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. Could you repeat that? Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, So I just found that I loved doing that and it sort of put me on the map for voicing telephone systems. And now that's my specialty. That's what I do now. So there you have
0: it. Mm -hmm. So when you first got started, was what was for you, like, what was that point where you're like, okay, now this is the big job. I'm really doing it. This is my career now. It's not just in between. This is my gig.
1: Right. So um, I was submitted to audition for... Uh, Canada's Safeway stores, so the big grocery chain, uh, to be their national voice. And for some reason, um, I seem to do better on jobs where I don't really know much about the project. So I just thought it was a one off. I thought, I'm just auditioning for a spot for Safeway. And, you know, it turns out they're looking for their national voice, and I landed it, which was great. So for the next two or three years, um, I knew it was going to be on special before anyone else did. It's like, huh, you're buying asparagus right now? Well, you should just wait till next week. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was doing a a lot of um, voiceover in that area. And I think that's kind of where it sort of occurred to me, hey, wait a minute, you could actually probably do this full time, which Mm -hmm. pays better than theater and has a way more reasonable schedule.
0: So I, I don't know. So what is the schedule like? So how, um, when you break down the process of it, how does it go from, I guess, from audition process to actually booking the job? What is that process for you?
1: Right. Okay. So to clarify, um, I actually don't do too much broadcast anymore. So I don't do very many TV or radio spots. It really is uh, phone systems. And I don't, audition anymore I did the whole thing of being on the uh, they're known as pay-to-play agencies so they're voiceover agencies that are on the internet and you can either join for free at the very basic level or you can pay them a great deal of cash and they'll put you on sort of the upper echelon level but it's still um, spending your entire day auditioning and not really getting anywhere I find that I'm way too busy with my clientele that I record for to do any kind of auditioning. So the day pretty much is, um, you know, checking email first thing in the morning and getting back to people with quotes, um, printing off the things that need to be recorded that day. I usually record in the morning when I'm nice and fresh and uh, full of energy and yeah, I I voice and edit and send files off on my FTP site. And it's, it's fantastic. Very seldom do I ever have clients that have to listen to what I'm doing they just hand over the script and they say do your thing yeah. which as you know I think is probably the biggest compliment if somebody just says we want you to do that thing that you did for that other client so mm-hmm. yeah and it's but you know you also wear a lot of hats you have to invoice and you have to do marketing as well on linkedin and you know it's it's a multifaceted thing it's still just me running the whole thing you know mm-hmm. i have a i have a web guy that does my seo and um that kind of thing. But for the most part, it's, it's always been me. And it's, it's me running the whole thing, which you know, all about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm still I mean, because much like yourself, I had, I had agents, I had, I was working with a radio station. So now doing it all on my own, I'm learning about the invoicing and all the other (laughs) elements of it that if um, I wouldn't want to do ever. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And the chasing
1: down of of the invoices that have gotten a little too old, you know, it's all of that you have to do. And it's, um, I don't know, but there's so much variety in what I do. This is what I love about it. Every day it's something different and the industries that hire me to voice for them are limitless i mean i did one for the biggest m- maker of industrial boilers in the world i didn't know anything about boilers and i still don't but uh- <laughs>
0: So that's one of the being an actor, you don't have to. Just- exactly.
1: You kind of fake it, yeah. So I acted like I knew exactly what I was talking about. Um, so yeah, no, this is what I like about it, because every day it's like, oh, I'm voicing for a mortuary. Oh, I'm voicing for the Archdiocese of New Orleans. I actually did the IVR for the Archdiocese of New Orleans. So yeah, it's all very strange. Yeah. Have
0: you ever gotten a job that was just so crazy or just whatever they asked you to do, you were just like, there's just no way I can do this. Have you ever <laughs> had anything like that or something that was just like a really fun gig? Yeah. There? Yeah.
1: So um, I'm, I'm also being developed as a voice for Amazon Alexa. So I'm, I'm venturing into AI voicing, which is great. So that can mean anything from talking refrigerators and, and that kind of thing. Things that you don't think about that have a voice, such as the elevator that says, you know, 15th floor, you know, somebody had to voice that to begin with. Mm. So one of the strangest projects was, um, it, it was a company in Japan, so that should give you like a little bit of framing. It was a secure toilet stall that basically locks and will not open unless the user puts her hand on the back of the door. So in other words, it prevents somebody from barging in. I know you look confused. Mm
0: -hmm. So I had- How do you maneuver all of this? Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) so
1: basically, yeah, it won't open unless you put your own hand on the back of the door and that will open the door again. But they wanted a voice to come out and greet people as they sat down and said, this stall will not open unless you put your hand on the door or something to that effect. And I just thought, Am I on the radio? Am I is this am I being bugged? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, another project that I do on a regular basis and it's it's depressing and it's kind of odd but it's calling registered sex offenders to let them know that they are in violation of their parole. And so I do it state by state. It's uh, the US Department oh, don't of Justice. Do calls. Do. Okay. <laughs> well, When people say to me, oh, I just received an automated call from you last week, I'm going, oh, did you really now? Yeah. So (laughs) and and for that project, I could not use like an alluring or, uh, you know, sexy voice. They wanted a very stern, you're in trouble now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's projects like that, that I just sort of go, what? This is crazy. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Have you done any that are like pranks or um, even like with, I guess, amongst your friends, even because they know that you have the voice to have you like run right. and trick them or yeah. any of that or. Yeah. Sorry. So, I, I did uh, a lot of pranks as a kid. So that's where my head. There you go. There you ball. go. The yeah. Well,
1: probably. Yeah, probably the most um, similar thing to that would be. So that phone system with the company in Alabama that hired me, they hired me to do serious prompts, but one of the users had me do some joke prompts. And one of them was, in a very deadpan voice, I said, weasels have eaten our phone system. So that's fine. I record that. And that was uh, about 20 years ago, and I didn't think anything of it. Well, apparently, Citibank had a failure of their phone system during the summer. I think it was in August. And for some reason, that prompt got into their system. And that is what Citibank customers heard when they called in. Weasels have eaten our phone system. Yeah. So a business insider picked up on that. And they quoted me in the article as well, saying, this is the voice of the weasels. So... Oh, how fun. Isn't that wild? <laughs> Isn't that, I, I voice these things and I don't even think they're going to go anywhere or I don't even think about where they're going to be used, but apparently you can come back So how is and that-
0: bite you like a weasel. Yeah. <laughs> and ruin your phone system. So <laughs> when you first got started, because I'm thinking about all the different automated voices that I hear and mm-hmm. like it went from just like 911 being the main one, but then going to where Mm -hmm. GPS systems, like you mentioned elevators and so on. How does that process work? Cause you have to learn, or I guess you have to say every number, every street, like how does, how does that even like when you reach out to do something like that? How much, how much dialogue do you have to go through in order to work something like that?
1: Yeah, so typically a typical job is just an opening greeting for a company and a close greeting, and maybe a phone tree, you know, for Camille, press one, that kind of thing. But if you're doing a bigger system and they want to build stock prompts from the ground up, yes, you have to record all the numbers all the months, all the letters, so that it concatenates together. So that's when it gets stitched together by the system. So if you call to check your bank balance and they say your balance is Mm $1,428, all of that has to be read at the same level. Um, But sometimes you have to do the numbers in an upward inflecting style Mm -hmm. and a downward and a neutral just so they when they're stitched together they sound natural and not robotic. Um so yes, some of the systems take a long, long time to voice and edit. You have to edit them into separate sound files. Yeah. Mm. The weirdest thing though um <laughs> like <yeah. how> many <laughs> you have how many <laughs> exactly. have? yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah. so um when you do a text to speech engine that's a little bit different and that's Um, where they give you almost like a phone book sized script. And they say, read all these sentences, and their software breaks it down into separate phonemes. It's very strange. So I've done a few of them. But the most popular one is by a company out of Pittsburgh called Kepstroll, And it's called the Allison text to speech voice. And it's their number one seller. But um, so this allows someone to just type in something and it will be my voice that says it a little bit robotic. It's not you know the same as having me record it from the ground up but it's made me show up in very strange places that i wasn't expecting uh so i was staying at a hotel in dallas and i ordered one of those automated wake-up calls and it was me waking me up which
0: <laughs> which so if real. you can imagine it's like hey that's my own voice waking me up yeah. it's very strange I mean, yeah. so many people have that thing about where they don't like to hear their own voice Yes. Too. So, yeah. was there ever that element where you had to get over that as well, or r- recognize, I guess, tuning your own ear on how to hear yourself, knowing when you are on the right levels, or like, how did that work about too? Yeah.
1: No. It sounds like you have a very, very good awareness of vocal um, awareness. I guess so. Uh, that whole self consciousness that people have about hearing their own voice, I got over long ago. So mm-hmm. now, as it probably is for you, because you edit your own material as well it becomes just a product that you produce and you can listen to a take very clinically and go that was a good take that was not so good take that kind of thing the reason why people don't like the sound of their own voice is that you are listening to your voice through a network of bone and muscle and it muffles it very nicely and makes your voice actually sound lower than it actually is which is why when you listen to your outgoing message on your phone you go oh my gosh I sound so squeaky you know no actually you don't you're hearing it muffled in this beautiful way um normally so yeah yeah. but
0: I've I've long since gotten over that self-consciousness okay (laughs) I know even like sometimes when I get nervous or I'm excited my voice will change even with that so it's like being aware of when to use those changes and differences when you're reading a script, there's a lot to consider. What are some of the, I guess, when you first started out, what were some of the notes that you received that would be helpful for someone maybe just getting started or interested in reaching out or starting in voiceover work? What are some of the things that, um, tips you would give? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so um, I, I do actually get some people, it's usually when I market myself on LinkedIn, occasionally I will get someone who says, well, you know, we we don't really have any need to hire you to do stuff, but I've always wanted to get into voiceover. Or people will say, people tell me I have a great sounding voice. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's actually a good starting place. And that's a good raw material to have. But uh, you need to be directable. You need to actually be able to s- take what they're giving you and deliver a completely different take depending on what they've told you. And if you're doing a voiceover at a public studio, if the pandemic ever goes away and we start working in the same room together, um, if there is a, a whole bunch of ad agency people that are attending this session, that will stretch out the session very, very long because everybody wants to give their input and sometimes the suggestions or the direction is contradictory. So you have to be able to kind of sort through what they're telling you and say, oh, okay, you want it faster, but you don't want it to sound rushed or, you know, stuff like that. Cherry picking it out, figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. So uh, to those who want to get into voiceover, I would recommend taking a voiceover workshop, um, either virtually or at a sound studio in the city where you live. It's a great way to experiment with uh, being in front of the mic and just seeing how directable you are, because that is a key, key thing. Even if you have a home studio, and you're working by yourself, you will ultimately deal with clients who say, that sounds a little too sexy, or that sounds too robotic. That's another feedback that I get. If I do prompts that are a little too cold and clinical and a little too well enunciated, it will sound robotic. And most people don't want that. They want conversational. They want want to be convinced that
0: maybe it really is a person, but it's not.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And it's, it's weird because some industries that you would think would want very serious straightforward prompts like banking or investment firms, pardon me, are actually uh, after more of a reassuring, um, more of a relatable tone because they want to demystify money and investments and sound welcoming. So um, yeah, so this this is kind of where the, yeah, and this is where the acting thing comes in because you have to be able to take that direction and go, oh, okay. They want to do it a bit warmer or they want it to be a bit more relatable or friendly, that kind of thing.
0: So you mentioned earlier how when you first started with the different agencies you worked with, that there was like a pay to play type situation. Mm -hmm. And on the film side of things, usually when you have to pay up front, it's a red flag. So what are some red flags that you would suggest or that you would warn others about when it comes to voiceover, Mm -hmm. I would assume that it's a really easy business for people to take advantage. um... (sighs) Definitely.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And unfortunately, with the pandemic, I think a lot of actors are thinking about doing a home studio kind of setup, which is great. But I think uh, the online agencies are probably going to capitalize even more on people just wanting to make a living from home, which we can understand. So I, I just not being a huge fan of any of the pay-to-play agencies, even the really big well-known ones who I won't mention, um, they all have a strata of talent. So basically you can walk in the door with your microphone that you found at Best Buy and just hook that up in your kitchen and you could actually start voicing at the very basic level. But what they don't tell you is that there's various different degrees of talent levels that you have to pay for. And often there's a level that they don't advertise the very creme de la creme. And those are the people that get first pick of all the really big juicy jobs and all the other jobs kind of filter down. So I, I personally, unless you need experience in auditioning, and that's not a bad thing. I think it's a good thing if you can work at auditioning for maybe six months to a year. After that, I don't know. I just I don't think it's weighed in the favor of the talent, if that makes sense. It really is a money maker for the actual agencies.
0: Yeah, because yeah. um, when of course when the pandemic first hit, as an actor, I was like, okay, well, how do I work from home? Let me figure things out. Like, and yeah. went and Google bought the first podcast mic I could find, and so on. And then realized it's not the same kind that's for voiceover. So I was like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, there goes that. But, um, you know, like, I won't advertise that anymore because I'm uh, exactly, yeah. in SAG. So they offer a lot of free classes. Well, I mean, that's fantastic. Be in the membership, but they offer yeah. a lot of classes where you can learn more about the tech side of things and um, editing well, and good. so forth, and, which is great. That's very good. So if you yeah. have access yeah. to that, I would definitely see looking into that yeah. as well, just to get the basics so you know where to start as well it's great
1: that they that they offer that for sure yeah now you know the other thing that i would also oh sure uh
0: the other thing that i will
1: also recommend uh to talent is uh there's so many people doing voiceover right now so you have to kind of figure out what your what thing that you do differently is what is your thing that makes you stand out from the crowd and when you're starting out, it's fine to be a generalist, to be able to do radio, TV, e learning, IVR, that kind of thing. But eventually, um, I think you have to decide on a niche, or a niche has to pick you, like it did with me. Like I just sort of fell into telephony voicing, and it's turned out to be great. So um, every voice talent that I know who's a success has a specialty. So I do have a a colleague. We actually meet for this superpower breakfast uh, every now and then. And uh, one of my friends, Paul, he is the e-learning module guy. He does nothing but online training courses, voicing those. Uh, My other friend, Doug, he is an event uh, voiceover guy. He is the monster truck guy he's that guy that goes let's get ready to rumble he's got that voice it's crazy um and uh yeah I, I see my cameras doing that weird strobing thing i don't know why it does that anyhow a little sidebar i see i seem to have like a flashing light behind me i don't know or maybe i'm just I having like kind that. of a high thing Anyhow. yeah, And, yeah. Yeah. and uh, animation voiceovers. Everybody wants to get into animation and be Bart Simpson, that kind of thing. That's a really competitive market. But I do have a friend that actually does uh, video game voicing. So whatever your thing that you feel drawn to is what you should be doing. And you should actually devote your time to specialize in one area. And I know that's kind of anathema to somebody in acting going well nobody would restrict themselves going I only do comedy but in voiceover you kind of have to pick a lane and just devote your your energy to it
0: okay good to know so when you were first starting out since you said it was kind of chosen for you was there a different direction you were hoping to go or or did you have an idea when you first started How
1: did that work out? No, I kind of think that, uh, you know, the plan being an actor, I think that was kind of my dream and what I worked towards. But um, yeah, once I got into doing something else, there was kind of that epiphany moment going, listen, uh, you're not always on edge waiting to hear about what parts you got or didn't get or worse, you know, how they don't, you know, notify you at all. Sometimes projects just go away and it's very, very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 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 and you know you know all about the uncertainty of acting you know there's there's a little bit of uncertainty too with voiceover especially when you're starting out it's a little less now that i have such a huge core of regular clients that i record for but um it it's just a, a calmer more secure regular hours I can actually take a vacation and it, it won't be the end of the world. And I always thought when I was an actor that I couldn't leave town and I couldn't change my hair. And I, it was very restrictive about, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. She's nodding. She's I going I yeah. said the hair part. Oh,
0: I, <laughs> I didn't work for six months because I changed my hair. And I've been wanting yeah. to change my hair to that ever since. Because, um, that's just the rebel in me sometimes, but it like, looked so yeah. beautiful with braids, but it was considered uncommercial, not commercial. So I didn't work right. for like two gigs during that time. And I've Jeez. always been like, I want to have fun color hair. Or I mean, I've been working in the entertainment industry since I was 12. So I've never yeah. been able to right. venture with yeah. fun, funky stuff or having different yeah. nails. And yeah, like, yeah. And, and um, the other thing I'm is, happy. you know.
1: Can you afford to change your headshots every time you change, you change your hair or do something different to your appearance? It's like, no, most actors cannot. So, you know, it's it's crazy. Right, yeah,
0: right. No, that's amazing. So um, now are you planning on doing any classes yourself, as a matter of fact? or anything <laughs> you'd like to share with the audience yeah. that we can learn more from you, Miss Amazon yourself, or Alexia. Yeah,
1: well, no, I, you know, I sort or of pondered science. it and then I sort of thought, oh, there's so many classes out there. What I do and what I also kind of fell into was vocal coaching mm-hmm. and it came from, uh, so I'm a big yoga practitioner and there were some of my yoga teachers that were kind of driving me crazy with the way that they were speaking. They were actually talking like Kardashians
0: oh, the nasal and,
1: and doing things like, you know, lift your leg, raise your hand. You know, they were actually, yeah,
0: <laughs> the nasal fry. Yeah, my, my, as yeah. I do that, it, and I it, don't, I'm just
1: like, I talk about right. California. But but it's but. really, it's really prevalent. And mm-hmm. um, it, the amazing thing is, as soon as I pointed it out to uh, you know, a couple of the teachers, they were aware that they were doing it, but they weren't sure exactly how to stop doing it. And sometimes all it takes is that awareness that you have a tendency to do that. So um, I actually do a, a workshop in a yoga teacher training context. So several studios here in Calgary hire me to come out and talk about things like vocal fry up speak. I don't know if it's really big in your area where you live, oh, but it- I'm, I live in the South. So well, <clears throat> so upspeak is where everything sounds like a question, even if it's not a question. Yeah, like yeah there's a like a distinct, Yeah, yeah. It, it is a little bit valley girl. Um, I think it might be a Canadian thing, and it's definitely a female thing, where we are afraid to make a declarative statement, so we temper the end of the sentence with a question, because I'm scared to say something definitive, definitive with a period at the end, that kind of thing. Yeah um ticks uh so those would be words that we filler words ums uh you know kind of those are all words that people yeah exactly and a certain amount of it is normal and natural in speech but if it if, if they're too prevalent it becomes a little bit of an issue so yeah i enjoy coaching it's fun
0: it sounds yeah. like a lot of fun.
1: It is. It is. You're clean, by the way. I'm listening to your speech and you sound great. So,
0: Okay. So I have <laughs> to tell you, I was raised abroad. I grew up in Europe, huh? Turkey, and Germany. And when I first moved to America, wow. they put me in ESL because my accent was so strong. And when oh I was my set, a voice actor, well, he actually taught at... Um, Oh, I can never think of the school when I want to. But anyway, he yeah. helped me get rid of it because I had a very thick like German type accent. And oh my when gosh. I think about it, my rhythm g- slows down because I start going back into that. Um, yes. rhythm where I have to think for each word. Like I still don't remember the English words of things, which that is know. fascinating. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I was like, Going to um, a voice and diction class while I was in school and learning more about voice and mm-hmm. acting, just realizing how lucky I am that since I moved to America at 12, 13, that I was able to get rid of my accent to a point where you say that I'm clean. Yeah, absolutely. Not only that. So it's <laughs> made my day. Oh my gosh. I try to hide I, it you know, really hard.
1: And you're Southern, Camille. And well, there Southern. is no...
0: 26 okay, well, but
1: yeah, I, yeah, I started yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, and you live in the south. So um, it's really, really hard not to take on that native accent of where you are. Uh, so you are neutral, which is a great thing for an actor to be. Yay! Yeah, no, <laughs> totally. Yeah, th- there's no regionality. Um, yeah, there's there's Yeah, you're good. <laughs>
0: I like a little a plus on my homework for the day little gold star gold star for you Miss. I'll New. take it it's official Allison Smith said it so it's there you real. go you're good to go <laughs> so, well I so I was gonna say I remember back when AOL first started yes I'm gonna go ahead and date myself and they had <laughs> this whole thing where it was like you've got mail and you could pay for different celebrities to say it, and it was like a fun thing where you would have different people that would say, you got mail. And then mm-hmm. later on, there was the, um, there was jokes, I don't know if it ever happened, where Snoop Dogg was going to be voicing a GPS. <laughs> it was just like a joke, like how, I think it like, did. I think it oh, did, okay. yeah. And I was just like, oh, that's so, got to be, like, and I wonder, have they ever done like maybe a rated R version or a, a, like a- Funnier version, or like do you ever think to do like those, or has that ever come up as an option just maybe for even April Fool's Day or a different things? I'm just I don't know. I always think about pranks. I love pranks. Yes. Yeah. With,
1: um with actually fun. I did um record an on hold system for a client. So, you know, those on hold systems of your call is very important to us, thank you for holding. And then there's cheesy music in the background. And it it literally went on for about 10 minutes of the usual stuff of you will be helped by the next available operator and all this. So, you know, it kind of went on. And then uh, at one point I snapped and I said, "Um, thank you for holding. You know what? You are not going to be helped by the next agent in line. In fact, it's very possible that nobody will come on the line and take your call today. Hang up. (laughs) Live your life. Spend time with your children. You are not the next caller in line. And I just, I kind of lost my mind. And uh, it's its still out there. Some people actually have it on their phone systems because they just think it's hilarious.
0: Good. <laughs> I, what made me think of that also is that, um, so back in my 20s when I was dating, there was this number you could give to guys that just couldn't take no for an answer. And <laughs> you would call it and it was automated, dude. Yeah she's not interested she doesn't yes you know like it was a whole thing and it was hilariously funny and i was yes. just curious if he had done anything uh, i matter. actually
1: yeah i actually did something uh it was a breakup service <gasps> so they would actually call him and say this is a call to let you know that camille no longer wants to see you um, it's not you it's her move on
0: and <laughs> I just found my dream calling. <laughs> How awful
1: it would be to get that call. But what I mean, a helpful service. That's what I thought.
0: I would think it would be more of a prankster because I don't think anybody would be that immature. But hey, people break up during text messages. So yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can get some
1: unknown, unseen person to do the dirty work of saying, listen, it's just not working out. She doesn't want to see you. She's just not don't here. call her. Yeah. She's just not that empty.
0: Gosh, I love oh, it. Uh, I love that. Now I'm like, yeah. all the wonderful um, automated calls. <laughs> <laughs> my voicemail well, may change t- today. Because um we would buy yeah. when voicemails first started, really aging myself again. Yeah. We bought like a voicemail book and there was like these different prompts you could you um that we would switch it out like Uh, I remember one was for a funeral home: "You kill him, we bury him," or something to that effect. And um, eight ball pool hall, eight balls. There was like all these random funny things prompts that you could read, and I would I would do them every like every couple of weeks. I would change my voicemail to a new joke, whichever one I could find. So yeah, yeah. you just revamped Oh, voicemail!
1: Voice. Did voicemail. you ever have the great big um, uh, thing that you could retrieve your messages with? It was like a big clicker. It looked like a, a remote control from a TV. And y- if you were away from home, you dial your number and it would go beep and retrieve your messages. That's how old I am. That yeah, I had a
0: voice service. If that counts.
1: No, that's that's okay. way after that. Wow, wow. Pager. Of course, you had a pager back a in the day.
0: I did. I missed the sidekick because I went from teacher to trio, so I had the trio. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, Well, uh, my husband, my husband downloaded this uh, workout coach. Wow, look at that. That's collectible. Little
0: around me, just like technology. That is how
1: far it goes that should be in a museum no my uh, husband downloaded this workout coach uh, for his smartphone called endemondo and it's it kind of keeps you honest at the gym and keeps you motivated so the first time he used it he came home and he said guess who's the voice so it was, they were using a text to speech that i did and it was literally me saying come on five more sit ups i believe in you you know so he no, I changed say, I it can do that at home for you <laughs> He gets too much of that at home. So I think he changed it to the uh, Australian male voice or something. Yeah.
0: Is okay. there mm-hmm. the Allison on our GPS when you can pick Allison or on your Siri? Because there is like an uh, Allison option now that you've. Is mentioned. there? No, I haven't done GPS yet and I would love
1: to. I would okay. really love to. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've picked Allison before
0: <laughs> on um my Garmin.
1: Oh, is that right? No, mm-hmm. no, it's just uh, a character name.
0: I wish it was. <laughs> oh, darn. You're so or maybe I should check Garmin. Maybe they're using me and I don't know. Okay. I mean, they are, I mean, it's kind of an old Garmin. <laughs> yes. But oh, wow, this has been so fascinating. And I just learned so much from you. And thank you again so much for being my guest today. And is there Thanks anything? for asking me. Play? Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Oh, so fun. I think
1: we could probably do this for another two or three hours, but, uh,
0: and it, trust me, I would love to, but I'm like, oh, she yep. actually has money to make today. <laughs> same voice, so I'm not wearing it out. <laughs> I want to strain it. And plus, after you told me that my voice was perfect, I, 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 I'm like, hey, you have a
1: whole new else to do today. You have a whole new career. There you uh, go. If only oh, I didn't goodness.
0: have a USB mic. Uh. <laughs> I didn't know. So that's one thing I would tell you guys. Don't get a USB mic if you're looking yeah. at your voiceover. Apparently, you gotta go one there you step go. further than that. There you go. So hmm. oh, great. Well, thanks again, Alison. This has been great. Thanks, and- Camille. I look forward to hearing your voice in so many different places now.
1: <laughs> now that you know it's out there, you're gonna be yeah, listening. Sure. Yes. I to
0: you know, Alexa. Just to hear you.
1: <laughs> there <Hi>. you go. <laughs> okay,
0: great.